With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back into Losers Talking Winners, the podcast featuring two losers who talk about the winners in life and sports. It's Wednesday, my dudes, and we're going to talk about the new AAF, that's the Alliance of American Football, some college and NBA hoops, some crazy stuff going on there, some terrible beats of the week, and of course, our winners and losers of the week. I'm one half of your losers, Lowell Idler on Twitter, at LowellCST. The other loser is Seth English, at Seth English on Twitter. And Seth, what did you Google this week? All right. Well, what order do you want to go in? Do you want to go from most recent to, uh, I guess, to late last recent? Uh, that was not the way to say that. You guys know what I'm talking about. I'll just go ahead and jump into it. So the first thing I Googled, Googled boy, I'm having a rough time. Lawrence Okoye. So much build up there. Lawrence is a man who is married, a uh, member of the Alliance of American Football, was busted for soliciting a prostitute, first Alliance of American Football player to be arrested, if, I, if my facts are right. So I'm very excited uh, for, for that. Well, that makes you uh, a legit football league, doesn't it? it? It does. That's how you get street cred. The Birmingham Iron are the Oakland Raiders uh, of the 80s the Cowboys of the early 2000s, and the Bengals of most recent as far as bad boy teams. So uh, I was looking him up because I wanted to see what he was up to. He is, in fact, married, got busted with a prostitute. It happens. going to be a rough Valentine's Day for him. Yeah, nice timing on that. He, he, he played himself. Uh, the next, next thing is Zion Williamson. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of him. He's a basketball player. supposed to be pretty good. Uh, wanted to see where he was from. I remember you talking about him possibly going to Clemson. He is from South uh, Carolina. Well, he's actually born in North Carolina. He played in uh, basketball in the upstate, Spartanburg. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to confirm all my sources there. Uh, Fred Rogers. Now, there's a documentary out about him. Uh, it finally made its way to HBO called Will You Be My Neighbor? I'm a big Mr. Rogers fan. Um I'm a little embarrassed by this one. I looked up Mr. Rogers to see if he was actually a sniper in World War II. And what was the conclusion? Uh, it turns out that was an urban legend. Just completely made up. I have, so. heard, I have heard this one, though. And, and the, other, the other legend is that he wears that big jacket to hide all the tattoos he got during the war or something. Yeah, and Mr. Rogers had no military service, so I don't know. Where that came from, it, 
I got to say it was very disappointing for me just as a, as a fan. I thought, you know, he was a, a sniper. Turns out he was just a good dude. What else you got? Uh, I looked up her. So her is a singer. She's been signed since she was 14 years old and won Grammy for best R and B album of the year. Uh, her music is great. Uh, I was just seeing her story. Uh, I looked up the list of EGOT winners because I wanted to see if Donald Glover could have a shot to be the youngest EGOT winner of all time. Uh, it turns out he can't because Robert Lopez is the youngest EGOT winner of all time. Uh, he wrote, most notably, the Book of Mormon. Ah. He also did Frozen, and he's also the only person to EGOT twice. So oh, Robert man. Lopez is a, apparently a powerhouse within the musical community. Can I tell you a secret? I mean, just yeah, just you and me. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, nobody else is going to hear this. <laughs> so, I have never heard the Frozen song ever. Like, you I haven't I, heard "Let It Go." No, now I I know in general how it goes because people will sing it sometimes. But they'll sing that one "Let It Go" part, but I've never heard the song before. I can't I can't say you're missing out on much. Um. And then yesterday I, I went a little overboard on what I looked up. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna shotgun these at you. Stop me when you are interested in one of them. Okay. Uh, so we have Halsey, Juice World, Yin Yang Twins, Ronald Darby, Garrett Grayson, the 2015 NFL Draft, Trent Brown, Arizona Cardinals season, Gerald Christian, Isaiah Battle, Nick Marshall, Luka Doncic. You guys know who he is. Wait, what? Uh, Brett uh, Belima. Let me let me stop you. Why did you look okay. up Isaiah Battle? Uh, because he, I wanted to see what he was up to. He was he was a member of the Panthers. He was picked in the supplemental draft. I remember him being somewhat of a big deal coming out. There's always like one or two guys that's like, oh, this is a guy who could get drafted in the third round, and then they they're never drafted in the third round except Josh Gordon. Uh, maybe he should have been drafted a little later, but. Uh, he, he was the big guy that year as far as supplemental draft goes. All right. <laughs> was, it's always fun to take a trip down your, down into your brain a little bit and see what's going on in there. Yeah. I, I had, uh, also looked up JBL to confirm that he was a member of the Oakland Raiders. And I looked up Dan Severin as well. Uh, because I, I took a deep dive back into old Monday Night Raws, and Dan Severin was on there. Uh, who, his his middle is name is Dwayne. So who is that? Dan Severin. Yes. Oh, he was a he was a big deal in the UFC. Uh, like back when they just did tournament fights, he like kicked everybody's ass there. I don't know if I can say that. Uh, so he's the only man to have won a title, a tournament, uh, and he's was like the first guy to do like mixed martial arts as we know it with like a blend of different styles, because as you know, when UFC started, it was just a bunch of guys fighting their discipline. So you'd have a boxer in the ring with like a karate guy or something like that. Dan Severin did it all. Well, all right. I learned something new that, and, and it's always nice to have an educational portion of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's really educational, but you know, educated me on Dan Severin. And also that Mr. Rogers was, in fact, not a sniper in World War II. Also disappointing. I still recommend the documentary, though. 
Oh, I will watch it. I will absolutely watch it because I do. I also do like Mr. Rogers. Some people don't. We won't mention those people in our podcast, but some people don't like Mr. Rogers. We might. <laughs> we might at some point. We won't right now. Okay. We started doing this last week. We we took our winners and losers segment. We pushed it up to the first segment of the week. We're going to do it again this week, so let's get right into our winners and losers. And Seth, I know you are excited for winners and losers this week, so I will let you begin with your winner. Uh, well, actually, I think I'm going to start with my loser just because it's Ooh. a great segue. Uh, so I have, for the second straight week, the haters, of which there are many, uh, Mr. Rogers. So there were some people out there uh, about a decade ago that wrote articles, uh, and this was featured in the documentary, about Mr. Rogers telling kids that they were special and how that made this generation soft. So those people are losers. It's a little bit of a delay, but you're losers again. Um, that was the one I had, and then I also had people who hated the Grammys. Uh, and, and I include myself in this. Casey Musgraves turns out not trash. I thought Push a T should have won album of the year. I still stand by that. However, I, I took a listen to her album and it was pretty good. So the haters, bad week for you because it turns out you were wrong. Well, all right. <laughs> well, you you go ahead and do your winner too, because my winners okay. and, my winners and losers play into each other. So I'll okay. let you, I'll let all you right. do your winner too. So this week's winner, big week for love. Uh, speaking of the Grammys, I'm a big Grammys guy. I love any award show. Uh, it, you could be, it could be award for best commercial, and I'll watch because I'm an idiot. So, love. Uh, Cardi B and Offset are back together uh, after, uh, was it four months they were separated? Something like that. Uh, we had Offset as, I think, the loser of the week on our show one week. We did. Uh, but... Turns out he's a winner. He got Cardi B back. So the whole take back offset uh, movement worked uh, this week. Also, Valentine's Day, crazy week for love and, and specifically flower company. So love, winner of the week. Yeah, Cardi B and offset just in time for offset to have to buy something for Cardi B for Valentine's Day. My favorite thing is that there was a meme of uh, of like Cardi B making her speech and offset was looking at her like, you know, very lovingly, very proud. It was like, get you a man looks at you the same way Offset looks at Cardi B and then somebody replied with he looks at all of us like that <laughs> that's pretty good I appreciate that okay my winner of the week we mentioned it just a couple minutes ago because you googled something about it the Alliance for American Football and I will add to this and say they are now a legit football league because they have an arrest but that is not why I put them down as my winner of the week they're my winner of the week because their overnight ratings pulled better ratings than the James Harden-Russell Westbrook matchup. And that is insanity because these are, what, the, the last two MVPs going up against each other? Both really good yeah. teams. It was a great ball game, so no reason for anybody to turn away from it. The Alliance of American Football pulled better ratings and i think this just goes to show you that football dominates america like everybody i think in america wants a spring lead to succeed now i will grant this it was the first weekend of it so you're gonna have all the curious eyes on it 
We'll see how it does going forward. But for now, they pulled very, very good ratings, and that's a promising sign for the Alliance of American Football right from the jump. Well, not to uh, not to rain on your parade a little bit, but looking back at the XFL, they were huge ratings. Uh, they, they grabbed a ton of ratings after their first ep- uh, first episode, first week too. Uh, so whether that holds up, it depends. I think the rule changes that they have in place, plus Twitter, uh, will make it pretty interesting just as, just as far as the development goes. But yeah, I I think it will be uh, a success just as far as this year goes. Yeah, I looked it up, 9-5 for week one of the, the XFL. I think the uh, AAF only did like a three. But the AAF was competing with other things at the same time. Right, yeah, yeah, that's set to, uh, not to say that it, it'll it'll blow up here soon. Blow up in a bad way. Now, you mentioned rules. That plays right into my loser of the week. And I guess you can actually call, you can actually tie it back into AAF being a winner too. But my loser of the week is actually other levels of football. So I'm talking college football and I'm talking NFL football. And the reason I say this, you had hits that happened in the AAF that in college would have gotten you ejected and suspended for a game. And then the NFL would have gotten you a major penalty and a major fine after the game. The AAF is letting them hit each other. And it was fantastic to watch. The other thing that I really enjoyed, number, well, a couple things. Replay. A couple things about replay. During the Orlando game, I think it was, there was a touchdown catch that they called incomplete. They went to replay, and what they did is they had a camera in the booth on the person over replay, on the replay official. So it's showing total transparency, which I thought was really cool because nobody else does that. And it had the replay official going step-by-step and kind of breaking down what they were seeing during the play. Like at first, there was a woman replay official, and she was saying, you know, well, you can see here the ball hits the ground, and he's using the ground in order to trap the football. We're going to let this stand, and we're going to call this incomplete. And then she watches it a couple more times and she goes, hang on, hang on. He has the football, his elbow hits the ground, so he's down, but he still has control of the football and then the football touches the ground. We're going to overturn this and call it a touchdown, which which I thought was the right call on the field. And so you had this sense of transparency coming from the replay booth breaking down everything the replay official was seeing. And I thought, and, and, and it was efficient. It didn't take them 15 minutes to figure out this call. This was in a span of three to five minutes. She watched the replay a couple of times. She said, we're, we're going to let it stand. No, wait, we're going to overturn it. They overturned it on the field and called it a touchdown. 
And I thought that was a really cool moment and something, frankly, and I don't know if you feel the same way, that the, the college game in the NFL should definitely start doing. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And and I agree with that because the biggest issue that you have with college and NFL games is, you know, ironically, a lack of transparency. You don't know what they're looking at. They could be looking at a few different parts of the play. But then you also don't know what their thought process is while they're going through it. Uh, so I think they got it right on this one just as far as letting the viewer in on, on that process. Uh, my favorite thing, though, and I, I would love to see any of the other 60 leagues that are launching in 2020, uh, there's a there's an adage where you can just get 10 guys together in a bar, and if they say it's a catch, it's a catch. If they say it's a penalty, it's a penalty. I want to see somebody just, like, pan to 10, like, drunk dudes in a bar and figure out, you know, what's going on in the game. Oh, <laughs> that would be total chaos. Right. Oh. I mean, it's it's entertainment within the game. And it's for sure to end with one of the Ryan brothers going in and starting a fight. Oh, that would be total chaos. Uh, I'm for it. But we would never get yeah. anything done while we did that. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe you whittle it down to like five. So it's like the, ooh, the, like the, the Supreme Court, and then all of them are just eating like nacho supreme. Okay, but it has to be people who aren't fans of either team. It has to be general football fans that have no bias that are drunk in the bar eating their nacho supremes. And then one person who's like never really watched football before. <laughs> I think we're onto something. Yeah. I, I mean, think we're onto something and, with and this. They, they have to be mic'd up. Oh, of course. And, and being the AAF, you can set whatever rules you want to set. You don't censor well, this anything. Is this is definitely a uh, this is definitely a freedom football league rule. You don't censor anything. Everything goes. <laughs> oh, oh! I've been I've been saying for years that I would pay extra money uh, to get a channel like an ESPN channel where they just had like commentators who swore. Like, well, I don't know. I don't know how within like within a moment you see somebody get lit up like that hit on the quarterback you were talking about. The dude got blasted. Like none of the announcers are just like, oh, holy. And then, you know, like, like I would pay money to listen to someone do that. Who, who One is, of these leagues has who, to do who, it. Who's the old ECW announcer? Joey Styles. Yes, get yeah. Joey Styles in there to do it. <laughs> that would be fantastic. I mean, I think, I think, um, man, I think like Jim Ross calling the XFL games was an attempt at doing that, but you get Joey Styles in there. There's no telling what happens. We're on to something with this. Maybe we launch our own league. Well, they they need to get like, well, if they're going to do like play-by-play or something and it's going to be on the radio, it has to be on like Sirius XM where you're allowed to say whatever you want. That could work. That could work. Or a podcast with a company that doesn't care, obviously. But Sirius XM 
isn't restricted by what you what you can and can't say. So I think getting them on Sirius XM for play-by-play, I think that's the key. I think that's how you get this thing rolling. But yeah, AAF, I thought they had a fantastic first weekend. I thought they were the, the replay stuff was really cool. I love the fact that they are letting them hit in football again. Make football great again. Let them hit. That's what the AAF is trying to do. In our well, next, also, oh yeah, go ahead. Oh wait, just to, just to tie in, they they <laughs> further cemented themselves as winners because you have Jamarcus Russell. Nope, that was a lie. It was fake news. Oh no, Ed Arn Schefter. We got hit by the fake news bug. Oh man, damn, that's disappointing. Somebody told me that in the office today. I didn't look it up until just now. It's actually at Bleacher Rapport. So, oh, fake news. Never mind. I thought Jamarcus Russell was back. Seth Eng- not back. Seth English, loser of the week. We're Damn, I got, getting I got of the fake news. in real time. I'm really having a bad episode. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to get right into what's going on. Hang around. I was trying to get it I live. I want them dead presidents. I want to pull up. Head spin. Get it, get fly. I got six jobs. I don't get tired. I don't get, I don't get tired. I don't get, I don't get tired. I don't get, I don't get tired. We don't get tired here on Losers Talking Winners, but unfortunately, you know who does? The <laughs> Mars Rover. Who we've unfortunately have to announce has passed away after 14 years on Mars, so pour one out for the Mars rover. Yeah, I I saw that tweet that NASA was going to give the Mars rover one more chance to respond before they declare it dead, basically. And it was like the saddest tweet I've ever seen in my life. That was yeah, it was uh, it was the wording of it was just cripplingly depressing. And then of course the replies are just a bunch of trolls making the same like, "Oh, I gave my wife the same opportunity." I don't think they understand the gravity of this situation. Yeah, Mars Mars rover did more for this country than than your wife did, buddy. So why don't you shut <laughs> up? No, but but I mean seriously, I think I think the. You know, somebody else said this, too, and I, I agreed when they said it. And I, I know we're kind of joking around, but on the real, the Mars rover kind of represents the best of what humanity can do, right? Like, we put something on Mars. That's crazy. And it kind of kind of gives you a little bit of, of hope for the future. So, unfortunate that the Mars rover, no, it, it's kind of crazy. What, it lasts, it lasted, what, 15 years? Up on I'm Mars. pretty sure it was only supposed to last like five. Yeah, and it lasts about 15 years, and that's, I don't know what battery they put in that thing, but we need to use it for everything. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they had like a, like solar panels on it. Oh, well, everybody switched to solar panels. This is, mm-hmm. this is the future. This is the future. Don't question it, just do it. Okay. RIP Mars Rover. But hello, Alliance of American Football League. So let's talk about some of these games because we, you know, we were just talking about 
you know, the the replay official stuff, which I thought was awesome. And then the official and, and the uh, the Jamarcus Russell signing and then uh, not signing within moments of each other. <laughs> Fake news. So, yeah, and then the on-the-field officiating. They're letting them play football. I love it. So, how about the actual games? How did the games go? Let's start at the top. San Antonio Commanders. The San Diego Fleet. The San Antonio Commanders, led by quarterback Logan Woodside, who I was a, you can attest to this, I was a large fan of Logan Woodside when he was at Toledo. Was a big Logan Woodside fan. He had a nice game. San Antonio Commanders win it 15 to 6, so not the prettiest ball game. But the Commanders do get out of there with a win. Now, if you're wondering, yes, there are lines on these games, and yes, you can place bets on them. Unfortunately, you won't win very much money if you do. So that's why we're not really talking about the lines for some of these ball games. But the game that I was more focused in on which is our second game, was the Orlando Apollos and the Atlanta Legends. Now, I was sort of hoping I would be able to adopt the Atlanta Legends as my team because they are the closest one to me. Unfortunately, it turns out the Atlanta Legends stink. The Orlando Apollos, just led by Steve Spurrier, mind you, they just go crazy on the Atlanta Legends. They went at 40-6. to six. Garrett Gilbert at quarterback, actually, for Steve Spurrier, which, by the way, it's an accomplishment in and of itself that Garrett Gilbert lasted an entire game under Steve Spurrier because Spurrier will yank a quarterback in a heartbeat. He is not scared to do that. But I thought he ran that offense like a champ, and that was a little bit of a surprise for me given how Garrett Gilbert's college career went. Yeah, he was uh, he was slinging it all over the field. He was one of the most highly reviewed quarterbacks in the league, which if you are the AAF, you need some quarterbacks to be good. The toughest thing for the NFL is that there aren't many backups that can come in and start games or, or anything uh, close to that um, as far as like serviceable time within a game. So having good quarterback play is a must. You have to show that these guys aren't scrubs. They can operate an offense, and Gilbert did that, um, and the Atlanta Legends just completely laid down. I hated this game because Steve Spurrier has now, I think he's now 6-0 and in first games uh, that he's ever coached, and he's like, oh, yeah, I even did it with the Redskins, which isn't easy. Steve Spurrier completely tanked that organization. He brought in all of the scrub quarterbacks from Florida that he had, like, who is he to, to talk about how bad the Redskins are when he was the one making a lot of the personnel decisions? Yeah. Just absolute garbage. Yeah, that's that's uh, pretty typical of Steve, though, to take shots at people who did not necessarily to, ask shots to be taken at them. Well, you could just leave it at leave it to Steve to take shots. <laughs> I thought always thought he was more of a Bud Light guy. Well, yeah. He's not light anymore. Also, you want to talk about taking shots. Where's your visor, you jabroni? Yeah. I hate Steve Spurrier. I can tell. I would love for 
to be honest with you, I would love for Spurrier to uh, take over for Corso on college game day because his entire gimmick would just be talking trash about every college football team in the country. And frankly, I think it would be fantastic. Yes, I, I think I would enjoy that as well. Um, but you would have to worry about him leaving the show halfway through the season and leaving them without a lurch. So. Oh, oh, a little shot at Steve Spurrier from his time. I think I've taken, I think I've taken every, every shot at Spurrier that can be taken at him right now. So. Well, you didn't say anything about him having a bad back and having to waddle around the field. I mean, that's not funny. He's an old man. Of course he can't move around. <laughs> yeah, but I was expecting you to be no holds barred. Maybe I've overestimated your ability here. Well, you know, there, it's a long season. True. <laughs> we have more games to go, so maybe we'll we'll get a couple more shots in at Steve Spurrier from, from Seth. Steve Spurrier will be, the when he runs out of Washington Redskins material, he'll just go to Steve Spurrier, and that'll be the new... Thing that he hates yeah on. this is this is this is the offseason i can't hate on the redskins yet because they have not done anything they didn't sign kareem hunt so at least there's that yeah uh, redskins not trash well well i wouldn't go that far they did they did sign one guy with a questionable past alex smith <laughs> i was thinking about the linebacker but sure we'll go with alex smith too the third game on this list, the Birmingham, I, Birmingham, Bur, wow, Birmingham, Birmingham, there we go, Birmingham Iron, and the Memphis Express. The Birmingham Iron, their roster, like I looked at it and I was like, they are never going to win a football game. Here, here are their quarterbacks. Luis Perez, who I have no idea who that is, to be honest. Keith Price and Blake Sims. Those are the three quarterbacks they have on the roster right now. And their running back is Trent Richardson. Like, I just thought going into it, they were not going to ever win a football game. But here we are. They beat the Memphis Express 26 to nothing. And I don't have the Memphis Express roster pulled up, but I can't imagine that it's very good at all. <laughs> uh, well, they have. Christian Hackenberg and Zach Mettenberger as their two quarterbacks. Oh, so, yikes. Yeah, not great. I remember reading about uh, Luis Perez as, like, uh, like there's always this guy, best quarterback you've never heard of coming into the draft. I'm a big fan of the draft. Um, he was a pretty high pick in this draft, though. So um, I did know him from that. I had to go back and look him back up. So um, he's a he's a pretty capable quarterback. Uh, the same cannot be said for the whole roster of the Memphis Express. Christian Hackenberg looked like crap. Uh, he threw, I think, two interceptions. Oh. He just looked terrible. His footwork was all over the place. So you're saying Christian Hackenberg was Christian Hackenberg? Yeah. I, I have never been a fan of Christian Hackenberg. Well, I, I didn't hate him until after James Franklin got there and completely destroyed his life, and then he was like, well, what do you mean you – Wanted a mobile quarterback. Christian Hackenberg is just not that. So no, I think I think the fact that he whined about where he was in college when he had the chance to leave without any sort of ramifications, to me, you know, you kind of you kind of get what you deserve there. 
And then the last game that was on, as impressive as the Orlando Apollos were, there was another team that was pretty impressive, too. That was the Arizona Hotshots. They were led by former Wake Forest quarterback John Wolford, who, by the way, I am a huge John Wolford fan. I watched him a ton at Wake Forest. I'm a big fan of how he plays. He's a very mobile guy. He's got a very strong arm. He finished 18 of 29 for 275 yards and four touchdowns. By the way, it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. He is the AAF overall leader in AAF history in passing yards and touchdowns. So congratulations to John Wolford on that accomplishment. The Arizona Hotshots beat the Salt Lake Stallions 38-22, to so there may be a challenger to, to the Orlando Apollos and Steve Spurrier. Yeah, and, and based on his postgame comments, I think I might have to change to be an uh, Arizona Hotshots fan. The legends just laid down and got their butts kicked. Hotshots not only came out with a high-flying offense, but some swag at the quarterback position. I missed his comments. What did he say? <laughs> well, he said the hot shots are about to take over the whole AAF, except he called it awesome as F league. So, uh, you know, I'm a fan of anyone who just goes out and is, is brash and cocky and just doesn't care. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a big Wolford fan too. Well, what Wolford you know, you're at a program like Wake Forest, and you don't necessarily have great talent around you. He was constantly putting up crazy numbers. And, I mean, his ability to run, he had multiple 100-yard rushing games at Wake Forest. Super strong arm. He may be the best quarterback in the league right now. I'm Frankly, I'm shocked that he's not – on an NFL roster because I thought somebody would give him a shot, especially with the way that the NFL right now is sort of transitioning a little bit to more of that mobile quarterback position, so to speak. So, I mean, they are and they aren't. You still have your traditional quarterbacks like Brady and Andrew Luck and all that, but to an extent – System quarterbacks? (laughs) Yes, system quarterbacks. To an extent – they they are they are making that change. It's definitely different than it was even you know five or six years ago. One thing I did like, by the way, about the AAF, Maurice Jones-Drew kept calling the AAF the Alliance, and I think that is awesome. Yeah, that's their brand. Join the <laughs> Alliance. They only call it the Alliance. Like it's it, it sounds it sounds like a wrestling faction. It was. The uh, I'm pretty sure the alliance was when ECW and WCW teamed up to uh, to invade the WWF after they were bought out. That is correct. It's a uh, professional wrestling stable uh, that came about after WWF's purchase of World Championship Wrestling in March 2001. You also have the Dangerous Alliance, which was a group uh, spearheaded by Paul Heyman. So 
Uh, that was way back in the day in WCW. Well, look at that. We're learning more things here on the program. This is the educational edition of Losers Talking Winners. So everybody out there listening right now, you're welcome. Also, Marvin Lewis was calling games. I had no idea that was happening. And apparently he made some interesting comments. Yeah, he said uh, Baker Mayfield was the reason he got fired. Which, I, you know, I think he meant it as a joke, but not necessarily a joke when your team just completely falls apart down the stretch like his did. You know, he tried to fire a defensive coordinator to uh, kind of salvage the season, but it didn't really work out the way he wanted it to. Uh, I, I think, you know, about a decade plus of mediocrity was the reason he got fired more so than Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I'm pretty surprised he didn't get fired sooner than he did. It's a miracle that he hung on for that long. Okay, when we come back, we've got NBA trade talk and a little college hoops. March Madness happening in February. Hang around. When you try your best but you don't succeed When you get what you want but not what you need When you feel so tired but you can't sleep Stuck in rivers And the tears Now Seth I know you are not the biggest fan of Coldplay. I am also not the biggest fan of Coldplay. But I think you will agree with me when I say that this song is fitting for considering what we're about to talk about. The NCA needs to fix some things as far as their reviews go and their buzzer beaters go. And we're going to get into that in a minute. But first... Let's talk about the NBA trade deadline because some more moves happened after that Clippers 76ers trade when the 76ers Elton Elton Brand made a booty call to the Clippers <laughs> at 3 a.m. to get Tobias Harris, which has immediately paid off, by the way. The Sixers look incredible with Harris in the starting lineup now. But the Raptors... Trading with the Grizzlies to get Mark Gasol to now pair with Kawhi Leonard. That was a move strictly to hang with the 76ers in the East. And Mark Gasol came out and immediately showed why it was such a good move. I've been a big Mark Gasol fan for years. I think he's better than Pau Gasol was. Pau was just on a better team with the Lakers. But now that Mark Gasol is with the Raptors... I think you're about to see why he's such a good player. I mean, he's really the one of the last true seven-foot centers, but he can also shoot the three pretty well. So this, this is going to be a move that immediately makes the East race incredibly interesting. The Raptors were already good. Let's get that out there. They were already good because they had Kawhi Leonard. And I think a lot of people considered them the front runner. Then the 76ers make a trade, and now the Raptors make a trade to get Marcus Gasol. What, what were your initial thoughts when you saw that trade? 
for well, which I mean, if you're looking at it, um, the Raptors trade in the in the 76ers trade, I had I had the same thought, which was how are both teams going to get eliminated from the first round of the playoffs? <laughs> they can't both be eliminated. So I had that thought. True. Uh, and then also, uh, and, and before Kyrie got hurt, how are the uh, 76ers going to get eliminated by the Celtics? So it's kind of the same thing. Uh, I think really the Raptors and the Sixers now have the pieces they need to make the next step. Uh, the Celtics, I think, are going to fall apart in the playoffs. They've played somewhat a little better, I think, since, since Kyrie got hurt. But, I mean, missing him in the lineup is definitely rough. And the uh, the Bucks, I, I don't know. I mean, it pretty much just seems like they're all Giannis. It's just that's the only player that they have. So I'm more likely to trust a team that can go with a deeper bench and, and can kind of play around with their rotation a little more. So I think the, the Sixers and the Raptors are going to be the most interesting of the four teams um, that, that you mark down here as legit threats. Well, I think at this point, especially with those two trades being made, the Raptors and the Sixers at this point are definitely the front runners. However, I mean, look look at what the the Minnesota, uh, not Minnesota, the Milwaukee starters are doing. Yes, Giannis is very good, averaging twenty seven points a game, averaging twelve, almost thirteen rebounds a game, averaging six assists per game. So he's doing a lot of things. But you've now got Chris Middleton, who's averaging 17 points a game. You've got Eric Bledsoe averaging 16 points a game. you got Malcolm Brogdon, who is really coming into his own, averaging almost 16 points a game. Brooke Lopez, who came over from the Nets, averaging 12 points a game. So all five starters in double digits. And then you've got a, you've got a, a point guard like George Hill on the bench. I think the the Bucks still have a lot of pieces in place. And look, they're what 42 and 14 this year. They're leading their division. The Bucks are having a very good year. So I think they they are having yeah, they are having a good year, but their division more importantly is not having a good year. I mean, the Pacers are the uh the second place team there and um you know, while while they do have players performing well, I don't trust any one of those players individually to step up and have that great game in the playoffs other than Giannis. Whereas these other teams have about three, three players that can do that. They have the ability to do that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think the bucks they're they're having a great season. They're having players that are doing well, but I don't think that they have multiple guys that can take a game over. I think of the four teams, the 76ers, Sixers, Raptors, Celtics, and Bucks, I think we can agree at this point that those four are one of those four is probably winning the East. I, I think we can say that. You, you know, you may have the the Pacers with an outside shot, but I, I'm I'm not buying into the Pacers just yet to be able to do that. Definitely, yeah, definitely not. I think the one that I trust the least of those four teams right now is the Celtics, which I don't think I would have told you last year. But the Celtics seem to have so much turmoil going on on the inside. I'm not sure Kyrie Irving wants to be there anymore. And I think that's going to end up affecting their play down the stretch. And so of the four teams, 
I actually think I trust the Celtics the least to come out of that scrum and win the East. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, just because, uh, again, injuries do a lot to a team. They had all that drama with the, uh, you know, the trade deadline for Anthony Davis. Kind of, kind of a bad move in in retrospect, I guess. Not to try to make a Kyrie Davis swap there, but you know, Celtics uh, kind of in the same boat as the Lakers, I think, right now. Well, not quite as bad. The Lakers losing yeah, to the yeah. Hawks last last night was not good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to a tanking Hawks team. But yeah, I well I, the Haw- the Hawks they ran up the score on the Wizards too. I think the Hawks are doing some fun stuff down in Atlanta. They're not going to be a good team to watch for the next couple of seasons, but uh, or or not a good team to bet on as far as going to the playoffs. But they're going to be fun to watch more often than not. That well, makes sense. Well, it's always fun when Trey Young can pull up from just from half court and bury a three pointer. And then they also have Kevin Herter, former former Maryland legend. They call him the Red Mamba. <laughs> he also has another nickname. I think it's like Red Velvet or something like that. Not really creative, but uh, if he's not using one of those nicknames, I would love to have that. So, but the the, the team I think has to be the clear favorite right now, even with the Marcus Allstrade trade, is still the 76ers because Tobias. I mean, that entire starting five. I mean, you know how the the Warriors had five All Stars last year. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point in the future all five of them make an all-star team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not too much of a stretch. The The only starting five that I think rivals the Sixers right now is the Golden State Warriors. And we may end up seeing the 76ers Warriors in the, in the finals, and that is going to be a fun battle to watch. Transitioning to the college game, crazy things going on. So... Duke, number one, takes down Virginia again, 81-71. to 71. And that was shocking to me. Number one, that Duke scored 80-plus points on Virginia. Nobody does that to the Virginia Cavaliers' defense. Duke right now, especially after the comeback that they just had on Louisville, being down 23 points, with 9.58 to go and winning, that doesn't happen in basketball, especially not college basketball, where you have a more extended shot clock than the NBA. It doesn't happen. So that was incredible. Duke right now, I'm almost in go-ahead-and-hand-in-the-trophy mode because whenever they want to, they flip the switch and they just take over and dominate, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, and, and honestly, the biggest – I know we're going to talk about it in bad beat, but the the biggest display of that was last night when they scored – they went on like a 24-1 to like one run, I'm, I'm pretty sure, to close out Louisville. Something crazy like that. So Duke very much the best team in the country, and it's not even close. Virginia – I mean, they did what they could. They except play defense, but uh, you, know, you have Zion making plays like jumping from the key to block a three-point shot into the stands. You can't really do anything about that. That was one of the most athletic moves I've ever seen in my life. Because he, yeah, across across any sport, 
it, it was just absurd. I don't know how high he jumped. I'd like somebody to measure it, but he got up high enough to block a three-point shot. He was running from the, the lane to try and block this shot. He jumped probably halfway between the lane and the three-point line against a shooter who had already shot the shot. He had already put the three-pointer up. He got up high enough to block it into the stands. That's, that is not a human being. As Lil Wayne would say, I am not a human being. Zion Williamson, not a human being. Virginia did bounce back. They beat North Carolina. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, 69-61. to 61. I thought that was nice. a little... <laughs> I thought that was a little bit surprising. But Virginia showing that they have the ability to bounce back. They have the ability to beat the, these elite teams. And this is why I still believe in Virginia as a title contender. And they're still alive more importantly than anything, is that, you know, in college basketball, you still have a shot at a championship. These two games, though, against Duke might be the defining point of their season as they head into the tournament because they might be haunted by the ghost of Duke as they, as they go through the ACC and NCAA tournaments. And they, they will very likely, likely get another shot at Duke in the ACC tournament, so we will see if they can bounce back and beat them the third time around. Now, the next thing on our list, I have no idea what's going on here. You put this into our notes, so I will let you explain what happened on Pac-12 After Dark. Yeah, and this isn't even about basketball. This is just something that happened Pac-12 After Dark. Like, you see it in football. You see it in basketball. It gets weird. So, Bill Wald, legend of broadcasting, probably the most deranged person that they've ever put on a hot mic straight up ate a cupcake with a with a candle a lit candle in it now i don't know why he felt inclined to do it i'm pretty sure he was dared to do it and just said he would uh but he ate the entire cupcake shoved it right into his mouth so definitely go look that up and i don't have anything else other than that i mean i we had to talk about it bill walton ate a lit candle I don't know how to process that. I don't know how I'm going to explain that to my son, as the kids say. How do I? Uh, how will I explain this to my children? Yeah, so Bill Walton is a maniac, and you guys should be watching more Pac-12 basketball. We already knew Bill Walton was a maniac, though. I don't know if we knew he was eat a candle maniac. I don't. I, because I, I want to review the, how the candle tastes. That that's it. That's sort of entering like Ted Bundy territory, isn't it? Bill Walton's not that dreamy, though. Oh, you and Dreamboat Ted Bundy. There's something wrong with you. I think you're in Ted Bundy territory. I mean, it's possible. Uh, you know, I'm not going to comment on what I do when I'm not on the podcast, but... We don't need to know that. We already know what you Google. I think that's enough for the people. Yeah, I think I, think I would probably be the worst serial killer of all time because I would, like, live tweet it. Like, 
I would like drop a pin in my location, like great view. And then it's like woman found there missing the next day, like or missing woman found there. And then it would be like, well, you, you geotagged this tweet at eight o'clock at night. She's been dead for four hours. Right. You pretty much just confessed to murder on Twitter. Oh, <laughs> uh, somehow this show always goes back to serial killers. I'm not sure how it happens, but it always does. Okay, when we come back, I teased it to open the segment. We didn't get to it. So when we come back in the next segment, I'm going to tell you what NCAA basketball needs to fix, and then we're going to give you our bad beat of the week. Stick around. Well, the more money you have, the more problems you're going to have with bad beats because you're going to keep putting down money on bets that are going to end up biting you in the rear end. Before we get to our bad beat, though, I'm going to touch on something that I teased last segment. And it's something that sort of is bothering me a little bit. It's, it bothered me during, and I guess it was just, it's a combination of the entire season. So we've, we've talked a couple times how, you know, we've had some shots that have happened after the buzzer and officials have counted it and they didn't go back and change it. And that significantly swings. <laughs> it significantly swings people who have put money down on these games. It it's totally swings whether they win or lose. And so that's problem number one. Number two... Last night, we had two examples of replay. And it, it didn't make any sense in what happened. So, in the Louisville-Duke game, late in that game, a Louisville player took a charge from a Duke player. I think it was R.J. Barrett, but I'm not sure about that. It was R.J. Barrett because he shot the free throws that won the game for Duke. So... R.J. Barrett runs him over. They call a charge, but then they go back and review, and it turns out the Louisville player was in the restricted arc. So they overturned it, which was the correct call. However, in the LSU-Kentucky game, and this was some of the madness that we talked about, LSU gets a late tip-in at the buzzer to beat Kentucky. However, the LSU player tipped the ball while it was still in the cylinder. If you don't know what that means, it means that the ball was still in, you know, you can basically draw a line from the rim up and and bring it in a circle all the way around the rim. And it's this little container, this little cylinder that extends all the way up to the ceiling. If the ball is within that cylinder, you cannot touch it at all. LSU player touched it while it was in the cylinder but the officials counted it and they said they could not go back and review. So here's my question. Why can we review where a guy was standing on the court 
in reference to a line on the court and not a game-winning shot. These I'm are, glad you asked. Yeah, these because are, these some are, of us yeah. won and profited on those bets, so <laughs> don't mess with the good thing. But these are questions that, that the NCAA are going to have to answer in the offseason. And generally, they've been pretty good about putting in common sense rules and, and making rules that make sense or fixing a rule so that it makes more sense. I just don't understand why you can't go back and look at something like a tip-in that's going to be, I mean, it's not going to add any time to the game. It's going to be a 10-second review. You go and look at it. Did he touch it while it's in the cylinder? Yes. Okay. End of end of game. Bucket doesn't count. We're going to overtime. So Yeah, I, yeah. I think that, yeah, they definitely, after this season, have to look at some of the non-reviews that they're doing. And, and figure out ways to fix them. It sounds weird, but for the integrity of the sport, I don't know if that's the right usage of it. Um, but it, it, it's coming from a gambling perspective, but it's also affecting the on-court product. And it's affecting how fans interact with it, and I think that's something that they would want to fix. And it could be just you and me, but we were talking before the show how it feels like it's happening in- this this kind of stuff, like these late buzzer beating shots and and stuff like that, are happening an absurd amount this season. And that, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, once that, every now and then is is like you know, it's not whatever, but like I think it's happened like five six times this year. Yeah, and look, that may just be us. Maybe we're just not paying close enough attention, but it seems like it's happening a lot. All right, let's go ahead and get our bad beat of the weekend. We got about five minutes here to close out the program. Seth, I will let you begin with your number one bad beat. I'll, I'll keep it quick. Cincinnati plus four and a half against Houston. They were up 58-57. Uh, there was six minutes left on the clock. They lost 65-58. Uh, I don't know what happened to them down the stretch, but uh, that was my bad beat. And Cincinnati, typically a pretty good basketball program. Houston, very good this year. They're in the top ten. But yeah, that's that's a little heartbreaking. That was Four one of half. the worst. That was one of the worst uh, beats of the week. Uh, the only other one that I, I think I would have seen would have been the Louisville money line against Duke. Yeah, if you took Duke was a seven and a half point favorite, so you can kind of go two ways with this, right? You can go Louisville money line, and that's a really bad beat, or you can go you took Duke minus seven and a half. And say, wow, you made that big comeback. You had your 24 to 1 run or whatever it was, and you couldn't win by eight points. So I think you can go two ways with that. And I guess you can go a third way and just say it's a bad beat that Duke won at all. Yeah, and I think Duke was like plus 500 after for the second half bet there. Like if I was if I was going to bet on Duke and take Duke minus seven and a half. I would be extra angry because I don't like Duke and Duke won and they didn't cover the spread. So it's like a double whammy bad beat. What is your second bad beat of the week? So my bad beat not is not necessarily due to gambling, but uh, you know, I thought we were doing this podcast together. It turns out you've been podcasting behind my back just moments after we finished recording. So my <laughs> bad beat is you have a second podcast that I just learned about today. Well, I do not run this podcast. I am asked to be a guest on this podcast. 
And it is the COFL, which is a Madden League, a Madden League podcast, basically. We talk about sports, but we really talk about the league. And it's a really cool league. It's a really cool setup. You've been a part of it before. It's Yeah, they'll, they'll remember me from uh, getting my butt kicked well, like four weeks in a row and then quitting. Yeah, we do we we do play on all Madden, so it gets a little rough sometimes being in that league. But yeah, sorry about that. Uh, I thought I told you that go on there, but good news. I do not host this podcast. I am a humble guest on this podcast. If that makes you feel any better, it does not. Oh well, we'll hash that out after the show. My second bad beat of the week was Wisconsin plus seven. Now, Wisconsin was playing, I think it was, I want to say it was Michigan. And they were down 59 to 50. They drive to the rim. They get a late layup. So, at worst, you're looking at a push. Michigan gets the ball. They take it down the floor with like six seconds left. So they can run out the clock. And instead, Michigan throws an alley-oop up with three seconds left to go back up by nine. You cannot convince me that that uh, Michigan did not have the uh, minus seven in this game. Because there's no other reason for them to throw an alley up by seven points with five that's seconds the, left. That's the cockiest backdoor cover I've ever seen in the history of, of anything. Like, it's one thing to, you know, throw up, chuck up a three, chuck up like a, you know, an open shot. Like, fine. An alley-oop. Like, you, you <laughs> had to do an alley-oop on Wisconsin. Wisconsin basketball is not even good anymore. They're okay this year. They're getting they're there. They're okay. They're okay, but they're not good. <laughs> they're not a team you. They're not a team you have to make a statement against in a win. Well, maybe they and were. Michigan decided to, to alley oop on it. Maybe they were embarrassed that they weren't going to cover, and so they wanted to make a statement about that. I guess. I mean, that was the greatest cover of all time, though. That was that was pretty fantastic and totally heartbreaking. Well, I guess it's good for anybody that had Michigan minus seven. So you're feeling good there, and then of course Wisconsin misses a. a Half-court heave at the buzzer to try and get that cover back. Well, what they, sh- what they should have done was take nine steps towards the three-point line after the buzzer had gone off and then shot the three anyway. True. Might have counted. They probably would have counted it. You know what, Seth? I think we've made a statement with this podcast tonight. This may be our best podcast yet. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> I don't know about that, Chief. <laughs> for Seth at Seth English, I'm Lowell Idlet at Lowell CST on Twitter. The show account is at Losers Talking, and this show is a wrap. i
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.